Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And Uni Cardenas. And this is a January 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soulful of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Let's go. Hello and welcome to a new year, a new episode, and no technological difficulties. Ha ha ha, 2021 already welcoming us with a big and beautiful change. It feels so good to be here. We all went through so much over the last year and finally it is a new dawn, a new day, and I am feeling fucking good. How are you feeling, Uni? I am feeling renewed i can't really complain i feel like compared to last year i am ready for what's on the horizon (laughs) (laughs) the horizon which is like a horizon but it's been shrunk like a grape into a raisin into a sweet delicious wrinkly (laughs) and the raisin is you okay we do not need to bring that song into this that's like a throwback to what is that 90s early Uh, 2000s it's early 2000s please don't copyright claim our podcast (laughs) so first things first before we jump into all the magic of this episode we just want to acknowledge that we have made a huge upgrade here at the soulful of it podcast and a huge investment into ourselves in the future of this podcast which i guess means we're going to be around for a long time and that is got a bunch of new equipment because we are just sick and tired of technical difficulties and if 2020 was doing anything to us it was giving us difficulties especially technical difficulties yes it was like mercury retrograde over and over and over again all the time like every month (laughs) (laughs) like every time we tried to record and That's done. It's behind us now. And we have the Rodecaster Pro. It is an amazing podcasting setup, not for probably beginners unless you're willing to make a big investment at the very beginning. But if you're into podcasting already, it's something that you might want to check out and something that we're so excited to explore. Yeah. No more nights spending uh, at the studio crying and upset. Yeah. There were lots of tears Mm -hmm. and a couple like blood curdling screams. Which are always delightful. Yeah, they really are. And, you know, cathartic as well. So I recommend it. If you need to let out a scream and you haven't in a long time, this podcast is here to support you and you're (laughs) screaming. (laughs) Scream. So with all that being said, let's jump into the quick announcements that we have for January, starting out with happy birthday to our Capricorns and our Aquariuses. This is your season. Happy birthday. I couldn't be alive without my Capricorns. Every single one of my best friends has always been a Capricorn. So special shout out to Vanessa and my little sister Liz and Caitlin and Greg and Nana and Andrew and Jocelyn. Jeez. Adam as well. So many different birthdays to celebrate this month. So if it's your birthday, we are celebrating you and we just want to wish you a wonderful birthday season happy solar return. And then from there, Uni, you are still doing virtual readings and you're releasing tarot videos that support this podcast as well. Yes. Continuing with that, offering readings, you can reach me at Aquarian Sage uh, on Instagram or on my website, www.aquariansage.com. And uh, I'm diving into all sorts of fun, interesting projects this year. So catch me there or anywhere really (laughs) isn't that the truth 
And if you'd like to keep up with me as well, you can find me on Instagram at soulful of it. And that's where I post all sorts of different astrology and tarot related content, as well as just random behind the scenes of us here in our makeshift studio (laughs) or in between studio and other things that we're up to uh, in the day to day. Yep. It's very interesting to be recording in my gym. (laughs) (laughs) Your gym slash studio (laughs) for now. Pictures and updates coming in the near future. So stay tuned for that. You'll have some fun. It will be great. So I wanted to ask you, Carrie, what was your word for 2021? And maybe can you touch on the word that you chose last year? Absolutely. So my word for 2020 was alignment. And my word for 2021 is easy. And I chose the word easy because I am in my Saturn return right now. And I'm looking for any way that I can make it as easy as possible, even knowing that things are not often easy, but we tend to make them harder on ourselves than we need to. So my goal with the next year is to look for ways to make things easier on myself. And a couple phrases that I came up with to accompany this word are, it gets to be easy, let it be easy, and be easy on yourself. Mm, that last one though like that hits right on the money it's definitely something i'm always working on and i feel like easy is the simplified version of alignment because when you're in alignment and things are working out because they fit right they get to be easy so it goes hand in hand and i think that's funny especially considering what your word was for 2020 and what your word is for 2021 so do you want to share those with us uh yeah my word for 2020 was actually courage and i felt like it took a lot of courage to get through 2020 and this year as i've grown more fully into myself i've picked another word that really has a very similar energy i picked valor but when people hear the word valor they associate like soldiers on the front line like that type of courage but valor is the courage and love that must be found within the lower aspects of ourselves and uh, allow those to die into ourselves so that we could come into our higher self. And valor is nobility in action. It's a vibration of such intensity that it makes the heart weep. It is so deeply in communion with the other that it signifies an end to our karma and it must be forged on the anvil of life through experiences, both good and bad, and the pure nature of it can't be soiled by any experience so that is to say to have the courage to love yourself and love your process and love your journey so fully that despite whatever you may do that in the moment may not necessarily feel like it was the best representation of yourself you have the courage and love within yourself to forgive yourself fully so that you can die into that and come out of it reborn Ooh, yes Mm. Yes to that. And Valor is such a sophisticated and mature version of courage. Yeah, I was even thinking about it. Courage was my word for 2020. But when I hear Valor, it's almost like the emperor type of energy, like the refined stepping into that archetype. And 2020 was an emperor year, which is just to say that you really embodied that energy and you're carrying it with you forward, which is what I think we're meant to do. I don't think that we're like, oh, we lived through it and like 
let's forget about it. We need to integrate the lessons. We need to take them with us and we need to embody that intense, awesome, authoritative emperor energy as we move into 2021, which is a totally different year. Yeah, definitely. And uh, not to like backtrack again, but you had chose your word easy and you had said that your word was aligned for last year. Mm -hmm. I was thinking aligned and alive. Like when are you more alive than when you are aligned? Mm, There is our merch right there. We're going to make some (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. Aligned and alive. Yes. Yes. And man, I've felt so alive this year just because I feel like so many parts of me have died. They die into the opening up of our higher self, that unknown part that is so eager to show itself at the forefront of our lives. Absolutely. And I welcome all of you listening to think about what is your word or your phrase for 2021. And if you had one for 2020, what was it? And how do those two words or phrases, how do they work together? How are they different? How have they grown how have you integrated the word or phrase or, or just biggest lesson that you had from 2020 so that moving forward, you can get really clear about what you want to call in? Because that's also what we're doing here with the word. I'm declaring to the universe, hey, you know what? I know that shit isn't always easy, but man, I'm going to do everything I can to make it as easy as possible. Can you work with me, please, universe? Somebody get me the temperance card because I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, in a sense, I think being able to even say that out loud opens you up to receiving more of that universal support and ease, actually. So, yeah, I would encourage everybody to pick a word. You might be surprised at what interactions or connections you might make with it when you look back at it at the end of the year or even the following year. In a sense, it's very much like a tarot card. Yeah, it's the tarot card of you. Uh, And what are you if not the altar of life? Mm, beautiful i love it and that's a perfect place to jump into the tarot cards slash card (laughs) of 2021 and what we're going to be talking about and integrating into the transits of january okay yeah let's go so we're doing the podcast a little bit different this year because it is the initiation of a new gregorical calendar year and as such we are stepping into some new energies compared to last year So the Hierophant is the fifth card in the first line of the Major Arcana and thus holds the vibration of the number five. And when we add 2021 to a single digit, we are left with five. That is the reason why we chose this card and this number to be the representation of the energy that we are working with this year. So the number five can be connected to the human senses for we have five worldly senses that allow us to interact with our environment It's also connected to the pentacles and the four elements that are represented within the pentacle and the fifth element being you for you are the energy of soul and heart that comes into that and imbues it with that human element that gives you the power to become your creative magical self out in the world. You can think of it as being a symbolic representation of the divine light expressed in form for the human body can be placed on top of a pentacle and our hands, feet, and head will perfectly align with each point, denoting our intimate connection with source and how we can use our will to work with the elements as we move in the world. Historically, a hierophant was an interpreter of ancient languages and scripts and the knowledge held within those works. 
And looking at the Hierophant in the traditional Rider Waite deck, we see the figure of a man sitting in a position of power. He is dressed in a three-layered robe of red, white, and blue, representing the subconscious, the conscious, and the superconscious realms, while holding a triple cross in his receptive left hand. This not only represents the Trinity, but also his receptivity to receiving the messages that are coming in from the physical, me mental, and spiritual planes of existence. And if you look closely at his feet, you'll notice that there are two X's on his little white shoes, which represent the eight points of balance, tying this card back towards the energy of the number eight, which is the universal balance that is at the core of all of creation. In many traditional schools of tarot, he is seen as uh, the teacher archetype and stands for our external seeking of spiritual knowledge. And this, of course, carries a not-so-subtle overtone of hierarchy that is implicit within the teacher-student dynamic, with the student taking the subordinate role and the teacher being placed on a pedestal, making him the gatekeeper to the sacred knowledge. In Soul Tarot, we rewild our relationship to this card by turning away from the power structures at play and tapping more fully into the heart of this archetype by acknowledging that this is our path to walk therefore we must humbly bow to the teacher within egyptian tarot echoes this idea beautifully by stating that as a hierophant we are meant to in interpret the patterns of the physical reality to find the underlying truths both externally as well as internally when we are fully embodied in the Hierophant, we remain humble, receptive creators using our personal wisdom to help us bridge the gap between the worlds of the seen and the unseen by remembering that we are all part of the one. Therefore, there is no separation, hierarchy, or gatekeeping because the answers all lie within us. Yes, and we are coming from 2020. Two plus zero plus two plus zero is four. The Emperor year into 2021, 2 plus 0 plus 2 plus 1 is 5, which is how we get to Hierophant. And I like to think that the Emperor is here to take up space, and the Hierophant is here to help make that space sacred. Mm, he is like the Pope. I think they call him the Pope in some decks. Yeah, he is like the Pope, and we've actually got a pretty cool Pope right now, and I'm not even Catholic. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And when I'm working with this card, I like to think, who is really worthy of receiving my wisdom? Who can I learn from that's outside of myself? But at the same time, how can I be my own teacher? I love the quote, we are the teachers and healers that we've been waiting for. And I think that is very potent medicine for working with this card throughout the entire year. That is totally the energy. If you wanted to break it down into a simple phrase, it would probably be that. And with the Hierophant energy being about like looking towards these wise, well-adjusted individuals who can translate texts that the rest of us just don't seem to understand, there is the, the danger of putting your trust and your belief and your money into a guru of some sort that is fake or some sort of like false god type scenario. So I think it's also important to ask yourself, are you looking for a mentor to follow or are you looking for a god to worship because there's a big difference between those two and throughout the year of 2021 i reckon that we're going to see a rise of spiritual leaders of course many of them might be wonderful great people but some of them might not be and so can we question things 
Can we question who we're following and why? I think that's really, really important this year. There's this almost a spiritual materialism where you have people chasing this unattainable other reality for this otherworldly aspect of being saved by God or something in the afterlife. And that means that people are becoming either too fixated on the teaching, the teacher, or the path, and you become almost like a spiritual tourist. Ooh, spiritual tourism. Yeah, that is... Not good tourism. Not at all. Well, you will continue on your touristic journey and never really fulfill any of the work that you're trying to do for yourself. And maybe you do. Some people do. Some people don't. But I think if you're getting this natural call that's pulling you towards something, follow it to the end. But as soon as you get to the end, if it doesn't give you the answer that you need, well, then move on because it doesn't help you to keep being stuck in that loop. Exactly. Don't be afraid to question things. That is so important if there's anything we got to be doing in 2021 is question everything including yourself including yourself and boy isn't that a fun thing (laughs) hell yes (laughs) lovely so from there let's jump into some of the transits for january that we picked out to chat about this month and we're going to tie in themes from the harrow font with them as well and just go from there let's do it So the first transit I wanted to mention is one that's very quick because it involves Mercury and Mercury doesn't hang out very long anywhere. We're going to have Mercury conjunct Pluto in Capricorn starting out on Monday, the 4th of January. And this brief conjunction between Pluto, which is power and Mercury, which is your communication is a recipe for really intense communications. And it also has the potential for obsessive thoughts to start repeating or forming in your mind. So mindfulness is going to be your friend right out the gate of 2021. And quick moving Mercury is really not going to be here very long. So if you can get out of your own head and practice some mindfulness and make sure that if you have thoughts that are repeating that you can reroute them to be positive thoughts because if you're repeating to yourself I'm a fucking badass there's nothing wrong with that keep doing that (laughs) and then by the end of the week it's going to really dissipate and this energy will be gone by the eighth but just keep in mind that thoughts are really powerful so starting out the new year with your word or your phrase or some sort of mantra practice would be really really great especially with this transit Yeah, definitely. And I see this transit as having this potential to really agitate old wounds, giving the excavated nature of Pluto and the dynamic movement of information and communication that is the hallmark of Mercury. And given the severity of Capricorn energy, feelings could be a little bit tender and it may be wise to be easy on ourselves and others and make sure that we aren't directing any of that hyper-focused energy onto ourselves because that doesn't do us any good and probably a very good time to take on some positive affirmations as you're doing some of this excavative work how about you cheer yourself on along the way and because it's these tiny victories that we do even like making our bed in the morning brushing our teeth getting our workout and like all of that it really does count in the end and it makes a big difference how you show up in the world that day agreed and We've got a lot going on this first week. On the 6th of January, which is a Wednesday, Mars is going to leave Aries where it's been since June of 2020 and finally enter Taurus. Mars is also out of its shadow period 
a.k.a. the degrees that it had traveled back and forth through Aries during its retrograde journey in 2020. So this means it's going to be breaking free the momentum so many of us have desired but just felt like we couldn't quite access. This is the time to get back on your feet, to put into action the thing you talked yourself into and out of. Anything that you felt previously uninspired about will get a second chance. And if it's meant to be, you will find it easy to follow what flows. On the flip side of this transit, remember not to rush things. Learn from my recent mistake of getting my first speeding ticket and slow your fucking roll. Mars is also not the most comfortable when it's in Taurus. So despite being direct and out of the post-shadow period, it's possible that it may still feel as though things are moving too slowly. But this is a great transit for practicing the mantra, nothing meant for you will pass you by. Trust divine timing. I couldn't agree with you more. I personally enjoyed having Mars and Aries. Uh, the extra fire energy was quite nice, highly productive, also a little bit destructive at times. But I think this shift into Taurus will be a much needed down tempo as we slow our pace and redirect our focus towards more secure, sustainable long term goals, taking a more hands on approach and engaging with our senses as a motivator to keep us satiated as we hammer away at our goals taking time to smell the roses enjoy the people the sights the sounds that we may encounter along the way so i'm kind of excited to see how this more sensuous approach at being direct and moving in the world is going to be for me i'm excited for it too i think it'll be great and i think i was pretty stoked on mars and aries up until i got that speeding ticket uh, slow your roll, girl. I know, right? <laughs> so from there, on Friday the 8th of January, we have Mercury entering Aquarius. And Mercury in Aquarius sets the stage for conversations that invite curiosity and also question the status quo. Nonconformity, radical new ways of being, community over comparison and competition. Mercury in Aquarius checks all these boxes and more. Uni, you have your natal Mercury in Aquarius. What has living with this placement been like for you? Interesting to say the least. It's been a never-ending journey into the pursuit of knowledge, drawing relationships between seemingly unrelated things and being fascinated by individuals with well-developed worldviews, while also really eager to play the devil's advocate at times, engaging in some good lighthearted mental sparring just for the fuck of it and <laughs> saying things just to get reactions out of people is very much a trait of having this placement in my opinion but i also feel that on the flip side it does give you the opportunity to really question the status quo and create more of a emphasis around bringing the collective together and moving these fresh contemporary ideas forward and opening us up to accessing, processing, receiving information in unconventional yet also natural ways. And I think this is going to be a really nice uh, short-lived transit to be moving through. Definitely an out-of-the-box energy. And at the same step as Mercury entering Aquarius... We have our lovely friend Venus entering Capricorn. And some questions that come to mind with this transit for me are very Capricornian, of course. Like, is this relationship viable? 
are the investments I'm making into other people, the investments I'm making into myself and the investments I'm making with my investments as in my dollar bills actually beneficial? What is the ROI, the return on investment? If you don't have a budget yet, today is the day to go and make one. If you haven't set your New Year's resolutions or your goals by the first week into 2021, well, you're in luck because today is the day. And Venus in Capricorn asks us if we are willing to put in the work that it takes to get the results we desire. I like that. It makes me think of like the seven of pentacles and just making sure that we are putting in that time and energy that work into those pentacles to have some beautiful gifts come into fruition when they're meant to. Exactly. And it doesn't come as quickly as we ever want it. Now, does it? No. So following bold Mercury entering Aquarius and Venus entering Capricorn on the 8th, the next week on Tuesday, the 12th of January, we have our first new moon of the year. So the new moon in Capricorn is all about reclaiming your power and embracing the detour. We have the new moon in a conjunction with Pluto. And of course, with the new moon, that means the sun and the moon are both there highlighting our power player, Pluto. This is all about embracing your magnetism. There is power behind the intention of the seeds that you are and have been planting And our first new moon of the year is really asking, can you reclaim your power? What does reclaiming your power look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? I mean, we're not in Taurus season yet, but we can feel it. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) And also during the new moon in Capricorn, some other aspects we have going on are Mercury in a square to Uranus. Change can be exciting when we feed anticipation more than we feed fear. The unknown isn't a threat to us. It's an opportunity to surrender. Even if you are feeling the fear, it's always just a tiny little adjustment and perception to look at it as curiosity, where the curiosity brings you back into that really childlike playful energy where instead of like being like oh my god what is that you're like oh my god what is that (laughs) (laughs) yes and the capricorn energy is like go log that in a spreadsheet (laughs) (laughs) seriously Uh, and given that the moon is the closest of these planets i feel that this is a perfect time to plant some seeds for the upcoming month and a perfect time to make some new moves, whether it's a shift in your career or taking uh, on some new creative projects or even just changing up your workout routine or your nutrition plan. You can really benefit from embracing the change during this time of year. Yes. Roadblocks and rejection are forms of redirection. That is the medicine. Lean into the detours that you're presented with Likely they're here just to slow you down and encourage your creativity to find a new direction or a different route to get to where you think you're going, which is also Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius together. That's such a contradiction. Jupiter is expansion. Saturn is contraction. They're both in the same sign at the same time. So while we're trying to expand, we're like, oh, this isn't working. We're trying to record this podcast and it's not working. So what do we do? We get an entirely new podcasting setup and fix the problem. And that was using the outside of the box thinking of the Aquarian energy. And 
as you were like talking about it, I kept seeing in my mind Jupiter and Saturn are like the router and the Aquarius energy is like the electricity moving through them, sending the information. I love it. And then we have a little bit of ease here with Venus forming a trine to Uranus as well. That's going to give us some support. This is reminding us that we can break away from our quote norms, which I think we are all pretty good at at this point in the pandemic. And spice up our lives when we roll out a red carpet for a change instead of fighting it. Creative expression takes many forms. And today, your creativity and your curiosity are the key ingredients to embracing the next few weeks of this lunar cycle and reclaiming your power in new and inventive Aquarian ways. Mm, I like that. And that gives me this vision of, you know, the snake or the dragon eating its own tail. It brings this sense of us pulling ourselves forward into the future while at the same time, the past pushes from behind. And the less resistance we have to that push and pull relationship, the more ease we find in that in the sense and in a sense that allows the, the fruits of our lives to come to us by surrendering to what is. Yes, surrender is going to help us through. And on the 14th, which is a Thursday, we have Uranus stationing direct in Taurus. Uranus direct says, okay, now that you're fully awake, are you brave enough to stay awake? And Uranus went retrograde back in August of 2020. So if there's anything that you've yet to resolve from last spring, you may feel inspired to make amends or lay it to rest now. I love that. And I do think Uranus takes seven years to move from one sign into the next, which brings us back to the seven. And seven is just like such a magical number. The first seven years of your life are some of the most like important developmental cycles. And then you have three of them. And it just makes me think of the chariot. And the chariot is really asking us to look at the structures that are there that we've been supporting. Oh, it looks good on the outside. It's been working, but... In reality, it's not working and it's almost like there's a crink in the armor and we're needing to really upgrade. And this requires us to leave behind the safety and comfort of the material world and embrace the fullness of our highest nature, which is beyond the physical. We are being asked to reject fear of the material change and tap into the abundance that is within. And maybe we have an opportunity to make it a permanent change for once. If we can rise above the fear and embrace this change that is really being asked of us and it's going to be very body oriented i think we're going to be feeling it in our bodies it's going to require us to do stuff with our bodies in order to implement these changes absolutely and with mars and taurus as well joining uranus and taurus and uranus now being direct for those of us who have been like man this like mars energy i can't get anything done i'm oversleeping this time's just going by and going by and I'm just procrastinating things or I can't make choices or it feels like I just keep getting no's and nothing's happening. You might get that second wind at this point in the month, which is just about halfway through the month that like, okay, now it really is time to make shit happen. It is time to go make changes. And that Taurus energy is very much body oriented. So you really might feel it in your body. Like this is a day to wake up and see the fucking sunrise. So if you are listening to this before the 14th of January, write it down. You can catch that sunrise, damn it. So go do it. Do it for you. Let your body, let your eyes, let you experience the physical of this shift and this change and experience it as a new day. 
Our next transit is the sun entering Aquarius on Tuesday the 19th. And that is the beginning of Aquarius season. Unconventional, innovative, independent, fixed air sign of Aquarius often appears to quote, know it all. And isn't that the truth, Uni? Well, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, actually, yes, but you come off as so knowledgeable. Sometimes. This sign is often mistaken for being a water sign because of the word aqua in Aquarius. And also Aquarius is known as the water bearer. And so it can be a little confusing, but Aquarius is actually an air sign. And in true Aquarius fashion, you know, it's a good time to question. What is it, the quote water, that they are bearing? Perhaps it's knowledge or as our friend Julia Bray has mentioned before, electric waves Mm, i love that imagery electric waves and it makes me think of also the waters of consciousness it could be the consciousness of the world that they're holding in those giant jugs to pour on down from the heavens into the earth if i recall correctly from mythology aquarius was a very beautiful man that caught the eye of zeus and zeus became an eagle and kidnapped him and took him up into Mount Olympus where Hera, Zeus's wife, was very jealous of him. So she turned him into a constellation in the sky so that he would no longer be in his human form and be provoking wild feelings out of Zeus. A rendezvous with Zeus. Well, little did Hera know that Zeus was like having a rendezvous with Pretty much everybody. Yeah, but in that sense, she she created the constellation of Aquarius, and Aquarius being like recently human and now newly God is almost like the bridge between the world of the gods and the humans. So he's pouring down the consciousness of the higher realms into the earth for everyone to enjoy and partake in, to bathe yourself in that beautiful electric waves of magical water waves and water i love it so good and definitely a season to hone in and embrace your individuality because that's so aquarian and also to feed your own unique genius you know it's like if you're trying to do something and you're just not good at it try something else why not why not explore something else instead of repeatedly trying to make yourself do something that's just not clicking You do not have to walk the same path everybody else before you has walked. Ain't that the truth? And also, you will find that when you explore the things that really light you up in that sense, especially during Aquarius season, a lot of the times it's in some sense serving the whole of humanity. How do we then do things that are helping us, but in a wider sense, helping the collective? Definitely. And the sun always illuminates and puts a spotlight on whatever it touches and so if the sun is moving through aquarius for aquarius season then we know that the sun is going to come into contact with jupiter and saturn so that continuation of the focus of these energies is going to be very very present i can't say enough how powerful and impactful and i've been referencing to it as an imprint on society that will change us forever and in fact already has if jupiter is expanding and saturn is contracting what if it's almost like contracting the expansion into physical form on the earth it's just like taking it and just making it solid 
I love that visual. So interesting. And they work together. And what do you have to do when you're experiencing expansion and contraction at the same time? You have to do very Aquarian things like thinking beyond the ways that you've always done things. You have to get creative. I think creativity is the biggest asset for this entire year just because of that. And creativity can be really uncomfortable at first because if you're not used to looking at things differently, it might be a little unnerving or you're like, well, I don't know. Is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Well, it's not your business to decide whether or not it's going to work. Just try and then find out. And if it doesn't work, you're going to have to pivot again. And But we are all really good pivot. Ers, pivoters is that a word <laughs> at yeah, this point you can make it a word and uh, that also brings us back to the hair font as well because if you think about it if thinking outside the box is a box and what is a box if not a four cornered structure and four being last year's number when you bring that chaos variable of the five it's outside of the box and it is totally bringing in something new dynamic that has a potential to really blow up in your face but ultimately it has a spark of something new there that has lessons to be learned and all of it is a win-win as long as you're learning growing and evolving right i love that so from there we have the very next day on wednesday the 20th this is inauguration day here in the united states of america or as i like to say Bye, Den. Choose, see you later. <laughs> Won't miss you, orange head. Yeah, Cheeto is out, and it is time to bring in some other old white guy who is like less horrible. Supposedly. Supposedly. So there's some good news there. And the quote that I wanted to share for this monumental time in our country, and for those who are not in our country, who are listening from outside of the United States. Thank you for listening. But also, I know that this is a big deal for you guys too because everybody's been like, holy fucking shit. The United States is falling apart because this crazy man has taken over the White House. And now he's gone. So we get to celebrate that. And in true astrological fashion, I want to celebrate that by sharing some of the positive aspects that are being made on this day as well as my favorite quote for this day and what it can and does mean for so many of us. This quote is by Eleanor Roosevelt and it goes, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Mm, that has a very Aquarian tune to it. The beauty of their dreams. Yes. And Piscean mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, so a few aspects that are happening on this day are Uranus is going to be conjunct Mars and Taurus. So like I said, they're coming up, they're in the same sign. And on this day, they are aligned. This is the initiation of great change. A new path forward has shown itself and we are ready and we're energized to move forward. Mercury in Aquarius is also forming a trine to the North Node in Gemini on this day. A message of hope for the future will be delivered. Future-focused conversations will be everywhere we turn. The future of the United States, the future of fighting this virus, the future of civil rights, the future of climate change, the future of the world. These conversations are powerful and necessary, and I hope that you're willing and ready to engage in them. Lastly, we have Neptune and Pisces forming a sextile to Venus and Capricorn. We are excited about how this new leadership will change the ways that we relate to each other. 
the word unity comes to mind, and I anticipate that we will hear it many times on Inauguration Day, along with the words hope and future. Following Inauguration Day, on Thursday the 28th, we have the full moon in Leo. My phrase for this full moon is, I'm free to be me. Or alternatively, shine bright like a Leo. Shine bright like a Leo. Which I love. (laughs) Or a Leo Pluridon. What is that? (laughs) A Leo Pluridon? It's a dinosaur like aquatic beast. (laughs) That's awesome. Does it look like a Leo? Does it have a mane? Um, No, but it's got (laughs) fins. (laughs) But it's got fins. So it looks like the hair on his little feet. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So some of the aspects that we have on this day are we have, of course, the moon and Leo forming a square to Uranus and Taurus. So we are going to have some big, perhaps fiery feelings about the changes that are happening in our world. And if we keep those feelings strapped inside of ourselves, we will constantly feel as though we are about to burst open. The key to evolving is releasing and full moons are here to support that process. Yeah, full moon and Leo, I I feel like it's going to be my heart expanding, opening up, just bringing me back to really the beauty within myself because there's nothing more beautiful than being in the full radiance of a Leo, being seen by a Leo, to see a Leo, and to have it be on a full moon. It's almost like the Leo's moonlight is reflecting something within me that I've been needing to awaken and share with my community because when you shine, you allow others to shine And it gives them permission to be fully 100% themselves without really caring how their light's going to be interpreted by others. Absolutely. And of course, with the moon being in Leo, we know that Jupiter is in Aquarius and Jupiter is conjunct the sun in Aquarius. So of course, when we have full moons, the moon and the sun are opposite. So with Jupiter conjunct the sun in Aquarius... We're reminded that expansion often requires balance and that hope is as accessible as we allow ourselves to believe that it is. If you have an excess of anything, now is a great time to give it away and begin to make room for something new, something that maybe is expansive in nature to come into your orbit. Additionally, we have the full moon in a trine to Chiron and Aries. It's all about healing what hurts in regards to your self-expression, which is very Leo. Have you stopped yourself from playing guitar? Because when you started, you sucked at it and maybe you used to be good at it. Have you shrank yourself to make other people feel comfortable or because you didn't feel that you were willing or worthy to take up space? Have you kept your hurts to yourself, assuming that no one else cares to hear them? Our full moon is asking us to release what hurts to allow ourselves to be creative and enjoy the process of self-expression. Movement is the number one recommendation that I have for this fiery full moon. And maybe that looks like 10 minutes of yoga. Maybe it's an hour of intuitive dance in your living room or a quick walk in the park. Whatever it may be, I encourage everyone to move this moon through their beings and allow creativity to flow through you like a channel and connect you to your highest state of being fully present. 
which is one of the biggest gifts of Leo, their ability to be so present. And like you said, Leos shine bright. And when they shine, we can shine because we see, oh, wait, that's I can do that. Oh, wait, that's a Leo. Oh, my God. Oh, did you see that Leo over there? What's going on? Is that Dave? (laughs) My boyfriend Dave's a Leo. If he's listening. Hi, Dave. You've got my attention. But for real, they're just attentive people. And the thing about Leos is that when you connect with the Leo and they're paying attention to you, you feel like the only person in the room. Mm -hmm. It's like having the sun all to yourself. It's amazing until you get sunburned. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So don't get them angry. But if you can avoid the fiery temper, honestly, they are so good at warming people up. So on this full moon, asking yourself, can I warm myself up to myself? What does that look like? Mm, Creativity is really alchemy of life and play because you are really alchemizing and transmuting all of those stale energies into something fresh and new through the process of creating and taking it from non-physical into physical. So by that process, you're almost like in this very beautiful relationship with source because now you are a creator that is taking something that is non-physical and creating it into physical form. And then when you mentioned about movement, as I had been telling you before, Our bodies are made out of water and the water is holding the memories of ourselves, our experiences and our ancestors and salt being one of the chemicals that makes up a large degree of um, the mass or the solidity within our bodies. When we're moving, sweating, crying, all of it, you're purifying those memories as they're coming out of your pores. So you're really offering yourself a chance to really release when you're moving through this movement medicine especially during this Leo full moon. Oh my goodness. That's so beautiful. And I love how you always bring in the science aspects of like, okay, but this is also the contents of what your body is made up of. And this is how that works. Because when I'm trying to think of those things, I just go blank. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I am a health student. You are. You're a health student and a health teacher. And I love that. There are (laughs) (laughs) in a pig. God, piggy piggy. (laughs) So there are two other aspects that are going on during the full moon in Leo that I wanted to touch on briefly, which are Neptune forming a square to the North Node in Gemini. This is all about our illusions and our illusions. They keep us stuck in our patterns and our cycles and our narratives. Today's Neptune squaring the North Node in Gemini is asking us to reconsider what is real and what is not. For example, are our fears about the future founded in reality or are they a response to the overload of information coming through our channels? How can we do things differently so we can manifest a different result? Breaking free of illusion isn't a comfortable experience. Ask your inner circle if you have any blind spots and then before agreeing or disagreeing with them, just sit with it and consider for yourself what is true for me and what illusions are blocking me from envisioning the future I desire to create. This is Herophon energy. Definitely. And uh, that Neptune energy makes me think of if your perception is the measuring stick upon which you measure your life. That means that you can't really 
see past the illusion by measuring it with the tools of the illusion. So your mind being inside of the illusion can't break out of the illusion. So you need somebody to offer you that outside reflection. But that outside reflection also requires you to contemplate it. And contemplation differs from meditation and concentration in the sense that it's almost like the path of least resistance. It's the middle path. It's the innocent path. It's the childlike curiosity path. It doesn't require extreme concentration to be focusing on the answer. It doesn't require you to empty yourself to receive the message. It just requires you to be open to it and just reflective and receptive to what is flowing through that thought. And you may be surprised that maybe in some sense you might find something that resonates there or some reflection that you wish that maybe you would have received earlier in your life that may be a game changer for you, allowing you to connect all of the dots using that Gemini energy as well. Mm, I love that. So good. And yes, the Gemini energy is so present because we have the North Node in Gemini. So we are really looking around to gather all the little pieces that make up the whole so that we can get to the Sagittarian view, which is the bigger picture. But it's not about the bigger picture right now. Right now, we are in the world. We are engaging with the world. This is minor arcana work in a big way. And on this same day of the full moon in Leo, the last aspect I wanted to mention is that we also have Venus in a conjunction with Pluto. So we are bringing up that same theme that we had with the new moon in Capricorn, where the new moon was conjunct Pluto as well. This time it's Venus. This is about power dynamics. The intensity of your love for others is an indicator for the potential of how deeply you can love yourself. Ask yourself, who am I most devoted to? And if you don't answer that question with your own name, know that there is a gift waiting for you when you direct your love and devotion towards yourself. The shadows of the meeting of Venus and Pluto is a desire for control. So the antidote to working with this energy on this fiery full moon in Leo is to let things flow, not to be in control, to surrender. And that's Plutonian energy. Every time that we're engaging with Pluto, we're figuring out whether or not we're willing to surrender because whether we want to or not, eventually we pretty much have to surrender. That is Plutonian energy. Bowing down to the bigger forces and being transformed by it in the process. And finding rebirth through it, which is judgment energy, of course, because judgment is tied to Pluto. And the last transit that we wanted to mention for this episode is one that we're going to dive into more in the next episode. So you want to tune in for that. But that is Mercury retrograde beginning in Aquarius. Yes, I'm not joking. <laughs> like, yes, we already have a Mercury retrograde. And I know we just had one and it feels like it wasn't that long ago, but we're back, baby. And it's time this year. All of our Mercury retrogrades are going to be taking place in air signs. If you look at Aquarius in your chart from 11 to 26 degrees, that is what is being reimagined for you during this Mercury retrograde time. As always, I recommend going on an information and external input diet 
which might be a little challenging because it's a Hierophant year. And so a lot of us are going to feel really called to look outside of ourselves for input, but it can actually be just as helpful to wait on that and get input from yourself at least beforehand and then go check those blind spots like I had mentioned before. Being mindful of what consumes your attention and energy can help make navigating the classic Mercury retrograde dilemmas like old flames reappearing like with you up text messages at two in the morning or technology challenges less stressful. In this sign of Aquarius, we continue the theme of taking the road less traveled in the realm of our communication. If you're not feeling heard, have you tried changing the delivery of your message? If you're wanting to learn something new, but the class you're taking doesn't seem to fit for you, have you considered a less mainstream way of learning about the thing that it is that you're hoping to understand? We'll be talking more about this in the next episode, like I said, but I wanted to mention it because it does happen right before we wrap up January and it's a good heads up. If you need to sign a contract or you need to negotiate something, you, you're going to want to do that earlier in the month. Hold up and uh, just watch your intake of information and if you're having conversations validate yourself before engaging in them because during retrogrades i think it's very easy for us to feel like we're having our toes stepped on or that things are being directed at us so just be a little bit mindful of that yeah misunderstandings are really ripe during mercury retrograde periods so clarity is key it's so helpful to repeat yourself i know it can be frustrating when you feel like someone can't hear you But man, that's been the year wearing these face masks and trying to be heard. It's so hard to be heard. It's so hard to hear other people with these face masks on. And that's a very Mercury retrograde kind of dilemma to be in. Uh huh. So those are the transits that we have to share with you for this episode. And of course, our tarot card of the year, the Harrow font. We invite you to do your own research and engage with this card. Maybe put it out on your altar or somewhere that you can see it. Look up some info on it and see how it resonates for you and and just see what you can learn from it because it's going to be present with us for the entire year of 2021. Yeah, and it's a very big theme and I feel like it's very much something that you'll be working with for a lifetime and as a society that was like basically schooled our whole lives, we've had this archetype of the teacher already put into us and It's almost keeping us within these hierarchical structures. And we don't really have that with ourselves and our personal development. That's a very personal journey. So how can we let go of the idea of really thinking that we need somebody to hold our hands through it? And we have to walk ourselves through that. And that's when our higher selves become the filter that helps us really navigate all those sticky spaces in life. So engage with this card in your own wild and wonderful, unique way. And that might be a great way to also identify what your word or phrase for the year is if you're not quite clear on that yet. And of course, we welcome you to share our words if those are resonating for you. If you like easy, if you like valor, those are words that are really empowering the both of us. And I'm feeling really excited about focusing on letting things be easier. So easy. And with all of that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Transits and Tarot of January for 2021 on the Soulful of It podcast, and we will catch you on the next episode. Looking forward to it, and as always, we are always here for you. Take care of yourselves. Ciao. Tschüss.